The game's just finished. Got him, and that's the ball game. But our analysis and your reaction is just beginning. Just wanted to weigh a little bit on the closer situation. i got to talk about these blowhard ups again. Let's get some hits here. Welcome to Twins Rap. The postseason post-game show where you get to react to how our hometown nine played. At the track, at the wall, it's gone! Twins Rap is being powered by the Canopy Group. Now, alongside Darren Doogie Wolfson, here's Phil Mackey. And now this ball's hit hard into right field, and it is gone! Line drive home run for Rosario! And it is nothing Minnesota here in the first inning. Line to left field and deep. Gone! Aaron Judge with a two-run homer. Well, we've, we've got the band back together after like five years here. Although I'm like the new addition to the band. And we thought after the first five minutes of the first inning, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Chris Long is up here with the tie-on from, uh, straight from TV downstairs. The game went so long, I didn't think I'd be able to join right. you for a normal time game, but here and, I am. And that was the ultimate tease. Phil Mackey, by the way, your host, Twins Rap, brought to you by the Canopy Group. And the numbers are 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. We can also take reaction. We're live on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1500ESPN. We'll, we'll get right to your phone calls as you guys line up and fill the lines, but... Um, just real quick, quick reaction. What an amazing tease for the Twins to jump all over Luis Severino, bounce him in the first inning, Brian Dozier fired up, Eddie Rosario home run, and then the wheels came off. And Irvin Santana decides to probably have his worst outing as a twin and maybe worst outing in, in several years. I love the fact that you're holding a baseball in your right hand. I'm try- I was going to smell baseball. smell baseball. That is fantastic. Yeah. You smells, are smelling the baseball. It smells like cow dung, by the way. The baseball <laughs> that Irvin Santana Yeah, I mean, tonight. a slider had no bite. It had no depth. I mean, how about the fact the Yankees get one-third of an inning from their starting pitcher, and they end up winning rather easily. The Twins 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Tough night for Jason Castro. Miguel Sano was not healthy. Texting with somebody very close to Miguel this morning. I put it out on Twitter. Miguel is still dealing with all sorts of pain. So I get it. But then Robbie Grossman is the DH. Strikes out three times. 0 for 4. I actually thought the Twins had some good at-bats early in the game. You know, whether it was Dozier starting the game with the home run, the Rosario home run, drawing some walks. But you think about Irvin Santana. The first 11 batters he faces... He gets to eight three and two counts. He could not find the strike zone. And, you know, the Yankees score what? In the first four innings. Best of luck beating the Yankees when they put up runs in the first four innings yeah. of a game. And, and usually, uh, Chris, go get your quick thoughts on this, and then we'll get to Eric and Bismarck right off the bat. But usually when you knock a starting pitcher out of the game, in a normal baseball game, yeah. you get to face some scrubs, or you get to, at least for the next eight innings, you're going to face two or three innings worth of bad pitching or mediocre pitching. The Yankees run out. Closer after closer after 98-mile-an-hour fastball after 98-mile-an-hour fastball. So many little minutes, and you could say this about any baseball game, but so many little minutes. I mean, two strikeouts, you could have made it worse than a three-run first inning. You get the two strikeouts there. Buxton gets hurt. Bad throw from Rosario that could have gotten judged. Granite misses first. You have to play your best in the postseason. The Twins did not play a good baseball game. Yeah. Period. He took first base for Granite. Is the uh, the joke that I saw a million times? Show yourself out on Twitter. So <laughs> Twins with a historic turnaround, going from 103 losses to the postseason, took advantage 
of the second wild card spot and jumped up three to nothing. They wind up losing eight to four to the Yankees, who struck out thirteen twins. And we'll take your phone calls here as long as you guys want to call in 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Eric and Bismarck, you're first off. Twins rap is back. It's kind of a buzzkill. What are your thoughts? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, my thoughts are, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that say, well, uh, there are a lot of positives with the season, 85 wins. We made the playoffs. But, you know, there's only so many losses that you can take to the Yankees before it just becomes like, please give me a lobotomy, because I can only watch (laughs) this so many times. I mean, honestly, on the bright side, I guess, we only struck out 13 times and went 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Why do we always look like we're tucking our tails when we go into Yankee Stadium? They're not unbeatable. You know, Eric, can I... They're a very good team. They're not unbeatable. I think the Indians beat them in the next few days. Well, can I I suggest, Eric, that the only guy who really tucked his tail until, until, like, the middle innings and you're into your bullpen was Irvin Santana. The lineup did not tuck its tail. There was a lot of great at-bats to knock Severino out of the game. And so, Eric, I think the guy who you least expected to tuck his tail and turtle in the moment was the guy who did, Irvin Santana. Well, the beginning of the game was great, but I mean, 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position and 13 strikeouts. I mean, they tuck their tails every time they go into that stadium. I think they think payroll disparity or whatever it is, they just don't act like they belong and they belong tonight. They should have acted like it. Eric, thanks for the call. I understand his frustration. When you have lost 13 consecutive playoff games, you are now 2-20 and in your last 22 playoff games, and I get it, a lot of it is against the Yankees. I understand the caller's frustration. David Robertson's curveball strikes out a lot of guys. Yes. well, something I was to know, okay Dukes. with a lot of those at-bats. I really was. Shad Green, David Robertson, Tommy Canley, or all his Chapman. Those are the four guys that mowed you down after, mm-hmm. after Severino left the game. 13 strikeouts. Those four guys combined for 49 innings and two earned runs allowed in September. <laughs> so you actually scored... You scored a run off of those four, and you wind up with half the earned runs they allowed in September. The point is, if you get to that collection, whether it's the Twins, the Indians, most teams have an impossible time scoring runs off that collection. To the phone call, you would rather have the Twins in position to lose to the Yankees than watch L.A. play them tonight. And as to the Yankee Stadium thing, it's a great line from, from the movie Catch Me If You Can. Can't stop looking at those damn pinstripes. Yeah, and It's I don't, something about Yan- Irvin Santana in the new Yankee Stadium. He's like over a lot and has an ERA over seven. He also has a postseason ERA of six. We have one open phone line right now. My ball pitcher in that ballpark is a recipe for disaster. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Let's go rapid fire here with a few, and then we can react. Let's just get your thoughts. I know you guys are staying up late. Uh, probably breathing into a brown paper bag for the first half of the game, and then it became a buzzkill. The dude, what's going on, man? How you doing, Mister uh, Kiss of Death? Listen, pull listen, the plug. Pull listen, the plug out of, listen, dude. It's not. It. It's not my fault if the twins can't live up to the pressure of it's happening. T-shirts. You're, you're, you're partially right, but you got to assume some of this blame here. Mainly, my my biggest riff right now is two percent three strikeouts. That's unbelievable how Bolliter would keep him in there. He was clearly swinging for the fences with no actual direction. It was pathetic. Granted, not stepping on the bag was atrocious, and how mm-hmm. we did not have Gibson ready to go for this game was beyond me. Barrios, not ready. Like you said, Santana against the Yankees, statistically terrible. It was just, it was set up to not 
go well. Yeah, the first inning was fantastic. I was feeling it. But your kiss of death killed us, man. It's great. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll the ball. I'll go back to the, the Dosekis. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That jinx is over. As of today, that jinx is over. They made the playoffs. I'm yeah. telling you, I can't wait until 9-1 to tomorrow. Judd Zolgad's pie chart of blame, right? It'll, How much do you get? It'll go five segments, I'm sure. It'll, <laughs> well, it'll last the entire saying, 9 o'clock hour. You days. get 2% at least. Peter in River Falls, you're on Twins Rap. Phil Mackey, Doogie, Chris Long, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm not great. Uh, tough loss today. I'm not super happy about it. But uh, definitely number one problem with this Twins team is they do not get swings and misses. Even on a 2-0 count, they can't even get a strike on a swing and miss. And strikeouts are just impossible. So uh, that's got to be the number one issue they have to take care of after this for this off season. Yeah, Peter, totally agree. Let's keep rolling with the phone calls here. Let me uh, go to line four here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Eric in Minneapolis, you're on Twins Rap. Hey boys, um, my one comment is, you know, you can't have a guy like Robbie Grossman as your DH. Your DH is supposed to drive in runs and hit the ball out of the ballpark. You know, I know the Twins have, are in love with guys that get on base, blah, blah, blah. But the guy had nine home runs and 50 RBIs in the regular season. He struck out three times tonight. He hit one ball decent. And I just, a playoff team with him in, a, in the lineup just doesn't really do much for me. Another question I got is, um, first inning when Buxton's up, would you guys have had him bunt with guys on second and third and one out? I'm trying to think of the scenario. So this it's is not a terrible the, idea. The first, the first inning you're saying? But when we scored all when we scored all those runs in the first, who was on third? Um, Escobar, es- Kepler Escobar on was. second, Escobar on third. Wait, hold on, were, were, the, were the bases loaded? Was that the one Doogie and I were no. debating one of those? Second at-bats? and third. No, no because just, Rosario hit the home run. Escobar okay. gets on. Kepler gets on. In, so yeah, the callers right. In Two guys general, on. for for Eric and for Chris and Doogie, my stance is almost never bunt to move guys over until like the eighth inning, and even then. Think strongly about it. I think you had to play for crooked numbers early in that game, and I'm glad Paul Molitor didn't get into a bunt fest against uh, the Yankee pitchers. If Buxton singles, it brings in two runs there. Well, who was after Buxton? Buxton. Castro. Castro struck out. Castro left a lot of guys on base. To me, Severino had just been knocked out. As good as Chad Green is. Swing away. You don't know how he will handle that moment. I'm not bunting. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm seeing if Chad Green gives me something to hit I mean, if and Buck- see if you can if, give it a whack. If Buxton gaps one for a triple, it's possible that you put the Yankees away. Like It's it's possible that now now it's 5 nothing, and now Buxton's on third, and that's that was a distinct possibility. Or, or so you would think you put them away. But I think I think when the Yankees got out of that jam you and only gave punch. up three runs, yeah. they felt good, and the crowd was going crazy. Bill in Minneapolis, you're on Twins Rap. Uh, you're, first of all, you're wrong about bunting, but uh, Irvin has had a really... Really good year, and sixteen and eight, and all that good stuff. And he's so laid back. But what you don't realize, his stomach is churning. He's very, very nervous. He just puts on this facade, and obviously, with his six uh, over six ERA, every time he goes in Yankee Stadium, he gets the shakes. Can't get ahead of the hitters. So. I guess I guess that's my main comment. Hey, Bill. They probably hey, Bill. pitch Gibson. Bill, you're wrong about bunting. No. What? You're wrong about bunting and Gibson. Well, Gibson, hey, they hit the ball on the ground with Gibson. And, and Santana's a fly ball pitcher in that little little yard they have there. So that that's, that's the only reason. I mean, they don't have many choices. I agree with you there. So 
He's right about that. Of the five home runs tonight, to the two of you, how many of those five are home runs at Target Field? Well, the Dozier and Rosario home runs would not go out in Absolutely the first inning at Target judges, Field. No. Judges would have would have been out. It, yes. Judges was a rocket. It was yeah. a missile. Yeah. Uh, Gregorius, That yes. ball's gone. Yes. No, that ball, uh, yeah, it probably gets in the Gardner, game. yes. It would have hurt the Twins more It would have hurt the, the Twins then, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Twins wouldn't have scored, actually. Twins shut not, out. For, not for Yankee Stadium. Uh, 651-646-8255. Twins wrap. Uh, full steam ahead here. Also, Facebook.com slash 1500ESPN. Ted in Iowa. Hey, Ted. Hi. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know. <laughs> Sleepy. Uh, well, I, I want to thank you, first of all, for broadcasting the game. There are a lot of people who are traveling the highways and interstates across our country that love listening to to, to a, a good baseball game like this, and I was one of them, and you were the only station I was, my radio was able to find. So I was able to catch this game, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah, Ted. Um, hopefully, dad, you ca- hopefully you caught some of the dramatic United victory before the game tonight, too. No, no, I, I was only able to catch the, the, the last last few innings of the game, but it was it, it, it was good. And uh, um, I wanted to ask you a question, though. My dad has been a diehard New York Yankee fan for several several years, and of course the Yankees have been in the past have been pretty notorious and, and, and good at winning games. Now that they're going to be playing the defending American League champions from Cleveland, who recently won 22 games in a row, what realistically do you think are the chances that New York can advance even further? Uh, thank you for I'm going to put Ted on hold so he can hear the answer to this question. I mean, they have that a chance. Bullpen, man, that's an unbelievable bullpen. I make the Indians the favorite, but not a heavy favorite. I'm not quite sure who might have questioned Terry Francona, but he is not pitching Corey Kluber. On Thursday, I don't get it. He's saving him for Game 2, going with Trevor Bauer in Game 1. The Yankees have a chance. I mean, that lineup is really, really good. They've destroyed teams all year. That bullpen is historically good. When you acquire those two guys from the White Sox at the trade deadline to add on to the guys they already had, I'm telling you, that Yankees bullpen is rock solid. Now, so is the Indians. I make the Indians a slight favorite, but the Yankees, if they win that series... I won't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees can't rely eight innings in every playoff game on that bullpen. If they can get something out of Luis Severino beyond what they got tonight, if they can get five innings out of Luis Severino um, in multiple playoff starts, their rotation doesn't have to be that great. I mean, they, the, the, it's a little bit like the Kansas City Royals from a few years ago, except a better bullpen. I mean, the Royals were mostly going five, six innings max with their starting pitching, and Chris Young was one of their main starters that year. That they won the World Series. And so you can get away with it if your bullpen is that good. Our buddy Miguel in Minneapolis is on the line. It's Twins Rap. What's going on, Miguel? Hey, P Mac. You need to highlight your people over there at Twins Way, and they got to find some pitching. They got to. You can't go into these situations every year and not have, you know, saying, and not have the, have the pitching and the horses to go ahead and get this, and get the job done. I mean, once. You see somebody struggling or something, and you know, and you know, got to be able to pull that pull that guy and have confidence in the next man up type deal, like how the Patriots or any of those other teams do. But the, the Twins, they you know had a great year. They gave us some great entertainment. No one, I believe, thought they would get us all the way to October to uh, keep watching baseball. So it's exciting. Um, and then next year. Uh, we look for improvement, and if we get that pitching, I think this team has a real shot. So no comes back. There's opportunity here. Yeah, I mean, Miguel, it's it's a good point, and you got Chris and Doogie. Like, if it, the Twins got to the Yankees bullpen in the second inning, 
which was like that was a win. Put a crooked number on Severino. And the only chance the Twins had was if their starting pitcher, Irvin Santana, could go at least five or six, and you hold that lead, and you just try to hang on the late innings. But once you start going line by line, Yankees reliever versus Twins reliever, just look at the the velocity, the you know the the quality of pitches, the the pedigree. Uh, I I follow a bunch of national baseball writers on Twitter, guys like Jeff Passan, and they had never heard of Alan Buznitz before. And those are guys who cover baseball on a regular basis. You know, though Buznitz was fine. Busnitz has a place in this bullpen in 2018. He issued a four-pitch walk with the bases know, loaded with urine it. running down his leg. I get that, but to me, Busnitz is in the 2018 bullpen. I'll give you that, but he doesn't belong in <laughs> Yankee Stadium of a one-game playoff against Aaron Judge and that lineup. I Gary the, Sanchez? I made the joke when I walked in. I said, we all thought that the Twins' bullpen would be their undoing. We just thought it wouldn't be in after 162 games had happened. I mean, it's... They are a young crew. Those guys have never smelled anything close to a situation like they saw tonight. I'm looking at free agent relievers. There are many. Yeah. Starters, not so much. I like Tyler Chatwood of the Rockies. You know, there's the U Darvish, Thad Levine connection, but many teams will call on U Darvish. The point is, they have some financial flexibility, right? The Joe Mauer deal is up after next year. Now, maybe you keep him beyond next year, but the point is, you not can give a pitcher. Billion. You can give a pitcher, exactly, you're not bringing them back at even 15 or $16 million a year. So you could give a pitcher a multi-year deal at really good money. So this is a big offseason for Thad Levine and Derek Falvey. You know, relievers, though, I mean, whether it's a Wade Davis, a Greg Holland, you know, middle-inning guys like, you know, even a Brandon Kinsler, you don't bring him back as a closer, but if he's your seventh-inning guy, you'd feel okay, a Pat Neshek. There's a bunch of good relievers available. Hopefully they spend some money. Yeah, uh, phone lines are full right now. As soon as people call in and drop off, the numbers are 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. straight postseason losses for the Twins, which matches the Major League record, the Red Sox, 1986 through 1995. Ooh, 2-20 in the last 22. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Jimmy in Arizona, you're on Twins Rap. Well, thanks. I think... Um be interesting to see what your viewers on Molly are going to be. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. I, I something inside of me tells me that Molly's not coming back. And by the way, I think you everyone's wrong about the bunting with uh, Buxton. They were talking. I think folks are talking about having him bunt to get a hit, not bunt to uh, get the runners over. I think uh, to make contact at that time in the first inning would have been critical. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. But I'm not sure I like the way Paul Molitor managed this game. I'm not sure I like the way he managed the bullpen. I'm certainly not sure the way I liked how he had Castro come up and bat. And you got people on the bench that could might be able to at least hit the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm you know I I know Molly is liked by a lot of people. I just don't know if he's liked by Fab Levine and. Uh, and the brain trust there. I just don't know if he's liked enough to keep him on board. I'd like to get your guys' view on it. Um, and again, this isn't criticizing him as a human being. He's a great person. Did a great job with the team, but is he the right coach for next year? Jimmy, just to answer that first question and to get Chris and Doogie's thoughts, you had three catchers on the roster for strategic reasons, and you let Jason Castro bat three times in key situations, and it looked like he was swinging a telephone pole against those Yankees oh. relievers. Like, could you not have overmatched? Like, why have three catchers on the roster? I agree with Jimmy. Why have three catchers on the roster if you're not going to pinch hit for Jason Castro in one of those situations? I mean, the situation was the sixth inning. Why let him bat that third time? But who do you go to? Anyone. Well, you got Vargas, he's one of your worst hitters. Anybody. 
Anybody. Literally, literally anybody almost anybody. Yeah. Have a pitcher bat. No, I, I mean, mean heck, geez, you can look at my ridiculous. notes. I said, hey, Shikesh will be batting here, sixth inning. I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean, but I'm just crazy. saying, who's the alternative? I I mean, Adrian's is yeah. a better hitter than Jason Castro. Makes more contact. Jimenez. Jimenez is a better hitter than Castro. He's a fastball hitter. He is. He's a, he you is know, a fastball I, hitter. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he's a great hitter, but he's better than Castro. No, we're with you, Jimmy. <laughs> totally agree. I understand. Like also, Jesus. you could argue, after Santana gives up the long fly ball to Frazier in the second, yes. where Buxton, I don't know what the heck Buxton was doing. He didn't need to make it so dramatic. I'm not quite sure why he had to right. injure himself there. He, he's done that before. But anyway, he makes the catch. Do you then allow, after that long fly ball out, do you mm-hmm. allow Santana to face Gardner? Gardner then hits the home run. The Yankees go yep. up. Should you have made the move after the long fly ball out? So, yes, if you want to question some decisions Molitor made tonight, that's fine by me. He's going to finish yeah. second in American League Manager of the Year voting. But is he, is he the manager next year? That's the question. I don't think he's going to be. Jimmy, I don't have the answer. I can tell you this much. I have a good relationship with his agent, John Boggs. Uh-huh. There's been no dialogue. At one point, John tried to initiate dialogue with the Twins. But they said that was going to be the case. They yes. said early on, we're not going to do it. Uh-huh. But that's where I don't have the answer. You would think but maybe, hey, felt- how about after they clinched the playoff berth last week? Have some they dialogue the last few days. It'll they be interesting. Just tomorrow by just saying, you know what, we're going to talk, we're going to have them sign that for the, I mean, the, but maybe Molly doesn't want to come back. I mean, is that ever a possibility that maybe he, he, he doesn't want it? Is that possible? My understanding is he would like to still manage. It, it possible, but improbable. But I, okay, you got to tell me who I, they're going to. I said this every time we start doing the fire, don't fire with any coach in any sport. Thanks, Jimmy. Who are they going to bring in? I'll give you the name. Who and are I heard they going to bring in? a number well, of weeks ago? Brad Mills, the bench coach for the Indians. Does he do anything for you? The former manager of the Astros. That, that's a devil you don't know. Yeah, no one knows well, anything Falvey about Brad Mills. Him. Yeah, but but like no one, no one outside of Derek Falvey and the Indians can answer the question of but, whether Brad Mills is a better manager than Paul Molitor. Derek Falvey can't even know. answer that because he's never been a manager of a major league baseball team. Paul Molitor's overachieved in his two seasons. He took a terrible team. Well, two of his three. Somewhat down the stretch two years ago. Last year was a car fire, and it wasn't his fault. You can give him some of the blame, but it was not his fault. And then this year, this team overachieved. There's zero chance I thought we'd be sitting here having a conversation about them playing in the wild. Just, I would bring him back. I mean, I admit my I bias. I've known the man personally for 15 years, so I admit that. I like him personally, so that is maybe clouding my judgment, but I'm with you, Chris. He has overachieved in two of his three years. You give him a reasonable contract extension. Don't insult him and his agent by offering a one-year extension right. where you almost force him to say, bleep you guys. Give him a reasonable extension. Let him come back. Heck, they were, what, if not the best defensive team in baseball, one of the best defensive yeah. teams in baseball this year. They ran the base as well. There are things you can quantify and say, okay, Paul Molitor did a good job with this group. Right. There's also things that I think we're giving Paul Molitor credit for that like really are just difficult to attribute to a manager. So I could I could see it. Honestly, like, I, I could see it. go. I'm with Jimmy. I think there's a chance. I think two months ago he was gone, and then they went on this surprising run, and now it's really difficult. I, I would agree I, with I, that. I would bring yes. him back on a two-year extension. Mm-hmm. Dan, Dan and Woodbury, you're on Twins Rap. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Dan and Woodbury, huh? Not that yep. Dan and Woodbury, but oh, okay. No, no, he's uh, he's. Not, I think if given not, the option, he'd be listening to us. Yeah, he's not allowed to call into the show. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, I, I just kind of probably piggybacking on what a few people have said already, but uh, I guess my question's for Doogie. Um, in that level with us, are the Twins actually going to? spend money to try to improve the pitching staff or are they going to do the typical twins try to 
I mean, I know it's not Terry Ryan anymore, but are we just going to try to promote from within the organization or find some Blaine Boyer-like discount or Matt Lyle? Are we actually going to spend money and not be scared off by what we and only we deem as overpriced talent? Because, I mean, I think I think that lineup is good to go. You know, they're just going to get better. And even if they're not, I would just throw all our money and resources at starters, relievers, and repeat. So, uh, yep, thanks for taking my call. I'll give you one bat that actually intrigues me a little bit is Carlos Santana, where he could DH next year, then Joe Maurer is gone, and then Carlos Santana is your first baseman moving forward. But, yeah, I think, logically, go chase some arms. I mean, they'll inquire on you, Darvish, I'm sure, but so will 10 other teams. Do I think they will win a bidding war for you, Darvish? No, I don't. Shohei Otani, the Babe Ruth of Japan, they, along with 25 other teams, will try. Do I think they are landing Otani? No. Logically, I see them signing a reliever, one of these relievers. There are so many free agent relievers. Yeah, I went up and down the list of a few of the names a few minutes ago. There are so many free agent relievers. I can see them landing one of those guys. I think they'll be uber-aggressive on the trade market. So you tender a Kyle Gibson. Can you get a decent bullpen arm for Kyle Gibson? Yeah, he's 30 now. Is there a team like the Padres, a National League team that says, you know what, there might be still something there. Can you get something for Kyle Gibson? Are there some other guys you can move? Are you open to moving Nick Gordon? Do you feel like Jorge Polanco is locked in at second base, or excuse me, shortstop, and then Dozier? Do you sign Dozier to an extension? His contract is up after next year. You know, but you've got depth in the organization at the shortstop position. Would you deal one of those guys? You love Royce Lewis, so would you listen on Nick Gordon? Would you listen on Polanco? I think they'll be aggressive on the trade market. I do too. I, I think that's the one really interesting thing is Terry Ryan was conservative at almost every turn, whether it was winter meetings, whether it was a chance to improve a playoff caliber team at the trade deadline. He was mostly close to the vest. You know, let's let's just lay low. Let's not let's not give up two or three top prospects. We don't know what Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are going to do in that same scenario this offseason and next July. And you have assets now. That's the difference. They had two tradable assets last offseason. You have seven or eight now. So if there is something to be done, there's a lot more to work with. Blake in uh, somewhere in Minnesota. You're on Twins Wrap. Chris Long, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Phil Mackey. What's going on, Blake? Blake. Blake up, Blake. We'll put Blake back on hold and try Dennis in Cottage Grove. We have one open phone line, by the way. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Hey, Dennis. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, before I get to get to my point, another guy, because you're talking about possible trade, uh, but another guy I would listen uh, for deals on is Zach Granite, potentially. Maybe we can get, uh, you know, get something for him. He clearly would be a fourth outfielder. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to crack this lineup, uh, you know, with all the officers that we have. So maybe you can comment that on that after um, the other point I had, and that's really about Irvin Santana. I think it really comes down to that. Uh, the game wasn't too big for the for, for the hitters. I thought they did fantastic coming out in the first inning. You have to go out there and shut them down the first inning. That's the most important thing. If you're Irvin Santana, you have to shut them down. And, and, and where, where, do you, where do you see this going with Santana? I mean, is, is he back next year? Is he clearly towards the end of his career? But, well, I mean, what do you think? What do you think about that? Boy, you I mean this? It's it's tough to top what he did this year when you're 34 years old. Um, I think my guess is he settles back in as kind of a number three, number four starter. If you're going to make the playoffs, Irvin Santana probably can't be your best starting pitcher. If you want to, I mean, if you want to really make some noise, but sure, in the playoffs. but I think you welcome him back unless somebody blows you away with an offer. I yeah. think he's back in this rotation next year. Let me just ask you this: If Castro frames 
that 2-2 pitch to Gregorius? If Marquez rings up Gregorius, or, or it's a strikeout. Or if umpires called strikes, strikes. Well, I'm just saying, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it was cusp, right? Okay. So judges, what, on first? Gardner on third. Sanchez had fouled out. So, okay, he gets Gregorius with the strikeout. So there's a guy on first, a guy on third. It's 3 nothing Twins with two outs. Yeah. Does Irvin somehow persevere? Is this a completely different uh, narrative? I'd like his chances a lot better, that's for sure. I'm just saying, if the ump... I mean, it sure. looked on TV I to mean, be a strike. Sure. Castro at, didn't do I a great at, job framing it. I looked at StatCast, it's a strike. All right, it was a strike. So Gregorius struck out. Yet he gets the ball call, next pitch, three-run home run, game tied. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, if Gregorius strikes out there... Is this a different outcome yes. at all? It's, it's not, though, because, I mean, it, it may have been a different score at the end. If Irvin Santana remained in the game, he didn't have a slider tonight. So whether it was Gregorius or another hitter in the middle of the lineup, someone, know, someone tags him without that but slider. But how many times have we seen it this year? He has a disastrous first inning because of run support. He not gets away with it, like and then that, he sticks. Though. That's a good point. I mean, he, he'll do it against the Tigers or yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's fair. Because how many times do you give up, like, five in the first inning, and then they end up winning 9-5? Yeah. Well, Dennis, what were you saying? Well, I was just going to say, and just exactly what you were, you were saying there is that this is the point you were making. He didn't come back in the second inning with the with the good slider. I mean, they gave him that. The game was tied, three to three. He came back out. He could have shut it down, you know, right then, and maybe kept it there. Maybe pitched another four or five, six innings. He just did not have the slider. He gives up the home run in, in, in the second inning. He he. They gave him another inning, and he just didn't have it. He, I, you saw on the bench when they were talking to him. They, I think they really were going to take him out. I think they were, they were ready to go to Barrios, and maybe he convinced them that to go out for the second inning. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, but he he just didn't have it. I mean, you had to have Dennis, that conversation right after the first. Do you let Irvin Santana start the second? They do. Then I'm saying when Frazier hits the long fly ball that Buxton gets hurt on, do you then yank Santana out? He never faces Brett Gardner to give up the go-ahead home run. Yeah, I mean, it's of all if, if you would have painted the scenario, Twins are going to jump up early. Lineup will not be overmatched. Lineup will be ready. They will be prepared and they will pounce and they will and they will ambush Luis Severino. Are you worried about Irvin Santana? I think most people would say no, no. no. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to line he two, about, Chandler. I believe in South Dakota. He asked about Granite real quick. I think we agree. Granite's a piece. He's not the cornerstone of a deal. No, right. You'd have to trade Rosario to get an actual yeah. pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chandler in South Dakota. What's up, Chandler? Hey guys, how are you? Uh, we're you know we're, we're we're talking baseball in October and we're dissecting a playoff game, so not all is well, terrible. Hey, I just like well, I just like to say uh, last time we were doing uh, last time we were talking about playoff baseball, I was like 15 years old. So <laughs> can we? I just want to say, can we take a step back and just? appreciate what this team did this year like i i'm it sucks how the way the game went but can we just take a step back and be like wow we just went from the worst team in baseball to a playoff team granted i mean one play playoff guy i mean i had a lot of fun tonight i mean the first three innings was just like oh my god like i forgot how playoff baseball felt it's been so long yeah i mean going into the into the offseason, you know, there is a few a few holes that I'd like to be obviously pitching. Uh, I don't know, upgrading a catcher, uh, uh, Joe Maurer. You know what? He's got one more deal deal or one more year left on his deal. Is that the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Is Brent Roker going to be able to fill that spot in the near future? Are we going to have to go out and get someone. I I just want people to take a step back and appreciate what happened this season because. 
I mean, it's amazing if you think about it. I think so, Chandler. I think because so you're like what twenty two. You're so you're you're sort of early twenties, uh, yeah, right? I, yeah, but I'm 22. So, and this is not, I'm not trying to be condescending at all, or I think, you, I think you're half right in that it is an awesome, unexpected success that we experience with this Twins team, and that's fun. But for people who are maybe 32, 42, 52, and they've been watching the same old, crappy, overmatched pitching against the Yankees for 15 years, going back to 2003, I understand their frustration as well, Chris. But he's right. He, you're right. He's no, right. You're, you, but you're right. I mean... Nobody on this team, nobody anymore. Now there's still some fingerprints, except for Joe Maurer was around for any of that stuff. They're two different teams. They wear the same jerseys. They're called the same thing. One can't have any correlation with the other. I mean, think about 2011. I was, or 2010. I was still single. You didn't have any kids, Darren. <laughs> that I was aware of. You, yeah, you, sure. you and Royce were in your heyday in the afternoon. It's a different world now than it was in 2010. So you can't associate its coincidence more than culture, I think. You know what, though? Chandler is right about just the joy of this year. Yes. You know, take a deep breath. Okay. Even tonight, though, I mean, that was a highly entertaining game, I thought. It was pretty fun. But you think about the 85 wins. I mean, heck, I'm over there at Target Field on Sunday. Bartolo Colon is getting a standing ovation walking off the field. Like, who could have thought that in April? Who thought that we would be celebrating, fans would be celebrating a Twins playoff berth on Sunday with Bartolo Colon getting a standing ovation Walking off the field. They found guys like Boosnitz, Hildenberger. Those guys weren't even spring training invites. They'd be added to the 40-man roster. I think those two guys are in the bullpen next year. You think about Buxton's year, Rosario's year. Two guys that people Polanco's were calling a bust year. seven months ago. Joe Maurer's resurgence. It was a really fun year. Yeah, Chandler, thank you for the phone call, and uh, and thanks for the, the optimism and the perspective, too, man. We appreciate that. Hey, no problem. That's why I'm here. All right, Chandler in South Dakota, 651-646-8255. Twins Wrap powered by the Canopy Group. We thank the Canopy Group for bringing this show back to the airwaves after five years of mostly irrelevant baseball. It's Phil Mackey, Darren Doogie Wolfson, and Chris Long. And we are commercial-free thanks to the Canopy Group for uh, at least, I don't know, as we, we can keep running phone calls as long as we want. Pete in Maple Plain, you're on the show. Hi, guys. Um, we have two cornerstone hitters in, in a Sano and a Buxton, and, uh, and they should last at least, like, six years. Like, you know, like they should be borderline all-stars. And so since the Twins cannot afford elite ace pitchers on the free agency market, um, we need to start acquiring young, uh, uh, you know, young starting pitching prospect right now because they take time to develop, and sometimes they don't always work out like Alex Meyer. So it's key. If we can't sign these guys like Hugh Darvish, we need to look to trade Dozier, who, who you know, will be going into the final year of his deal, and get an elite prospect because we can't sign those guys. So it's important uh, you know, to do that. So like, I'm thinking we can do the free agency around the lineup, but we got to trade for prospects to be able to have good starting pitching. You just never know with pitchers. That's the problem. They've been doing that. They've been drafting pitchers. Alex Wimmers, Cole Stewart. That you just you never know with pitchers in the draft. You just don't. I think the developmental pipeline will be interesting to watch over the next few years compared to the Terry Ryan front office developmental pipeline. Because you know, if you look at Cleveland's blueprint, Pete and Maple Plain, Cleveland, yeah. which and Derek Falvey was sort of the pitching guru in that front office for a number of years. Not Along, sort of. He was right. Exactly. But uh, so they built their pitching staffs. Through trades and through drafting, Carlos Carrasco, Corey Kluber, 
it wasn't big name free agent signings. And then when the time was right, they pounced. Actually, their closer, Cody Allen, was like a 23rd round draft pick. And so is it that they were identifying talent better in their trades and drafts? Or were they developing some of those players in a different, better way than the Twins have been the last 10 to 15 years? I think it might be more development, actually. I, again, okay. it goes back to where there's just pitching is such a crapshoot. It's just so hard. It's a little easier. You, you trade for a prospect who you've at least seen pitch at the professional level for a couple years. Um, that's why when you're drafting starting pitching, unless it's, I mean, even guys that have been lead pipes since locks have flopped in, in high, high draft areas. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Thanks for the phone call, Pete. We appreciate you uh, chiming in. Let's go down the line here. Let's fire off a few of these. Andrew in South Dakota, you're on Twins Wrap. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I just have a few quick points. Uh, number one, it's been a really fun season. Um, just being able to experience, like, again, more playoff baseball. I know we experienced it in 2015, and quite frankly, I felt more confident in that team than I did in this team this year. I don't know why, but I just I had more confidence in that team in 2015. But, uh, you know, the second thing I wanted to touch on, too, is that basically I love this wild card playoff. playoff. This one games, winner-take-all, instantaneously Game 7. I don't get how so many people are ragging on it. I really wish it would, this, was, this would stay here, you know, because everyone is really going against it because it's literally, we were on our feet, all of our friends, in this one apartment just slipping out after the first inning and Brian Dozier hits a home run and then all of a sudden we hit, you know, a couple other home runs. And it was just so much fun to watch that because we knew that the odds were tipped in our favor when we were going against the Yankees in a one-game playoff. And I think that makes it really fun for any younger fan or any younger uh, and generational fan that's never watched really a baseball game. So um, I guess a little bit negative in the last standpoint is that I don't think the Twins really deserve to win this last, this last playoff game just because... Irvin Santana, he's our ace. He needs to go farther than two innings. He needs to go deeper. And then, again, with Jose Brios, with his his pitching ability, with his curveball, with his fastball, he needs to go another three innings. And with our bullpen, it's just unrealistic for them to just carry us through the rest of the game. What was it, like four or five, six innings? They had to carry us through the rest of the game. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for the phone call, man. Yeah, on his on his wild card point, I love it in a sport that has become increasingly more slow slow paced and boring in today's. Don't do this. You know, don't get me into this argument paced. tonight. I mean, if you don't think that that was fun tonight, starting the playoffs with a game seven in a sport that is lacking young people interest, a sport that's increasingly more boring and an attention now. Need something stimulating now, society. You played 162 games, and like I said, a couple moments cost you your season. Okay. I can't stand but, it. But Chris, a seven-game series is also fluky. So if you really want to crown it, a true what? champion, then don't even have playoffs. And my argument do, is, it, do, it, do it like the EPL, your sure. favorite league does. If, if the one game is so exciting, play a one-game World Series. Oh, no. Okay, but, but again... That's why I said I don't want to do this tonight. But again, so you we can do this next week. But 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 seven games is exciting too. You're just not going to add a seven-game series at the beginning of three. It should be three. 
Should be three. Baseball is not. Why, why three? That's what Girardi said pregame. Why, why three? Baseball is not smoked. built to be a one game. Well, I'm with you, Phil. But three is, is a crapshoot, too. Yeah, I but love it's less one. of a crapshoot than it's one. Not. It yes, really, it no, yes, Chris, it it's not. No, Chris, it's Mathematically, yes, it is. No, it's not. How can, let's could, do this on a segment I could, next week. I could point out several examples this season of the Phillies beating the Astros twice. Not in a postseason. Or, or the White Sox beating the, uh, the Yankees twice. Yes, not in well, a postseason. Because they're not going to face the Yankees in a postseason game. You're not lined up. Your pitching staffs, you're not... It's Everything changes when you get to the postseason. It's not set up to be one game. It's, it's For, artif- Let's do this. Let's have a segment next week. Okay. I love it. I love the drama. There's too many calls. Now, for those millennials who need the stimulation, I'm not quite sure three hours and 50 minutes does it tonight. Well, there was a lot going on tonight, though. Because there was a lot going on, but that game took forever tonight. Sam and Andover, you're on Twins Rap. Hey, guys. uh, I just want to say that if you uh, don't want to play in the wild card game, then win the division. That's your punishment. And uh, how can you look at Eduardo Escobar in spring training and tell him he's not going to start? Obviously, Sano's your third baseman, but, man, what that guy did in the second half for us, whew, how do you tell him he's not going to start? He deserves a spot on this team. I don't know. What do you guys think? He's good. He can play a lot of positions. He's going to get 500 plate appearances, whether he starts or not, because Sano could DH a little bit next year. He's going to get his plate appearances. I mean, he might, instead of getting 600, he might get 500 because he doesn't start. Sano can play some first base. and Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, or some right field. No, actually, let's not go back no, to that experiment. He won't be a forgotten man, but <laughs> y- you make a good point. Do you shop him? Do you sell high? Does some team need a starting <sighs> third baseman? Can you get an arm for Eduardo Escobar? Yeah, you know, he's not super young anymore, right? What is he, 28? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sounds about right, yeah. And yeah. you have to ask yourself, is this indicative of what he's going to do next year? Was he a flash? I don't think so, but... He's a solid player. But this player. was yeah, a career this is a peak year. year for sure. Yeah, he's not doing yep. this again. Uh, Davis, you're on Twins Rap, sponsored by the Canopy Group. Davis? <clears throat> hey, guys. What's going on, man? Um, how do you think the rotation will look like next year? Ooh. Boy. Gonsalves I mean, has a chance to win a spot. Trevor May, I talked to him in the clubhouse the other day. He's physically good to go. I think he's a starter, not a reliever, but who knows. Maybe they put Trevor May in the bullpen. They still like Mejia. Cologne's not back. Gibson, I think, is a trade chip, but maybe he's back in the rotation. I think Santana's back. I think Barrios is back. That's like seven guys. Well, <laughs> how many starters <laughs> did they use this year? That's a big rotation. They used 16 starters this year. You need more than yeah. five. I think you also try to sign a guy. You know, Can you sign a Tyler Chatwood or a Lance Lynn? Maybe it's not you, Darvish. Maybe it's not Jake Arrieta, but can you go get Chatwood? I'd love to see Chatwood here. You need an ace. You need an ace. I mean, Barrios... Barrios is, is the closest thing to an ace, and there are no ace caliber pitchers in free agency this year. Jake Arrieta at 32 on the way down. You Darvish after a terrible second half, uh, some arm problems. Those those are the two former aces. There's nothing in free agency. Well, you the to trade Japanese for one. guy I think is an ace. But oh, best do, of luck. But like I mean, is he? Aren't Darvish and Arrietta though the the prototypical twin signing? If you want to talk about looking at past, those are the prototypical. And even those guys are going to get probably $15 million a year just because of their, their past eh, successes. Maybe not prototypical on salary, but on reputation. Yeah, you're right. Alex in Long Island. Hey, guys. How's it going? You're on Twins Rap, Alex. Go ahead. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, first of all, um, I just want to preface this by saying that uh, I was a big fan of uh, Mackie and Judd's show, big fan of the Touch Em All podcast. Well, thank you guys. Cool, man. Thank you. All, you, all, all you're doing. Yeah, no problem. Um, it's all about New York and... Uh, you guys were just mentioning a little while ago kind of the uh, the, 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 the debate about whether or not there should be a one-game playoff. Ironically, I feel like the, the New York sentiment 
on that before this game started. It's all coming from here. Just saying, oh, well, the Yankees, they, you know, they don't deserve to, to, you know, face the Twins in a coin flip game. They should have, like, you know, extra runs on the board already before the game starts and these sorts of silly things. And then, funny enough, it seemed like tonight's game, obviously, that, uh, you know, the fact that Girardi was sort of just, you know, deploying these bullets out of the bullpen just constantly was almost what killed us in the end. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple podcast. What's Ben going to do? He's been in the league for a thousand years. I know what he's going to do. He's going to go to the line of scrimmage, have no intention of running a play, and he's going to try and draw maybe a young, dumb defensive lineman to jump. Brian Robinson, who's about my age, <laughs> bit on it. I mean, I, honest to God, that to me, Collar, set the tempo for what we saw today. This was a winnable football game. Mm -hmm. This Pittsburgh team did not look fantastic. They did not look great. I mean, they are certainly an improvement on the Saints, but I could put together a house league team with my dog right now and be more competitive than the Saints. And the Pittsburgh Steelers gave you every chance to stay in this game and keep it close, and you made stupid mistakes. I just came away from this game saying that if you don't put this on coaching, you never will. And it's not all Zimmer's fault, and it's not all the coaching staff's fault, but there were definite red flags here from a team that ended last year with sort of potential mutiny. And then we had a lot of, you know, come-to-Jesus discussions about how can we get things on the right page. This team today, to me, did not seem to be on the right page when it came to being smart. In fact, they weren't even close. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – thank you for the phone call. There's, I think my just to pull it back to thirty thousand feet here. There's so many things to nitpick in this game. If the Twins would have done this, if they should have done this, should they have thought about this? Should I mean we've had two calls saying should Kyle Gibson have started because it's a bandbox stadium, he gets ground balls. Um, the Yankees were flat out better, yeah. and the Yankees scored a bunch of runs off the Twins' best starting pitcher, and then loaded up their bullpen after Luis Severino couldn't get anybody out in the first inning. I mean. If Irvin Santana pitches well, that's your only chance to win that game today. Like everything else, kind of is is less important. He could have even been mediocre, and you had a chance, and you had a shot. Just somehow get through. You're right. Get through five innings without a car fire, and yeah. you've got a shot. Yeah, Evan in New York. Back to back New York calls here. What's up, Evan? It's actually Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Well, you're going to be Evan right now. We're going to call you Evan because you're from New York. One more K for the Twins tonight. <laughs> Kevin up? it is. What's up, Kevin? Yeah. No is problem. it backwards, um, K? <laughs> um, big big Twins fan here. Um, it was really nice watching the game in the bar in New York City with a bunch of Twins fans. The energy was electric after Rosario's. And Twitter's home run was awesome, but like Rosario's home run was like, you know, cherry on the cake. And I was pumped i was giddy i was like oh my god we got severino out of the game the yankee bullpen you know they're going to be stretched and you know who knows what's going to be and santana just totally i mean that guy couldn't hit it was just so bad it's like and i've been a long time twins fan and goodness man i know there's only one player left from that team but the yankees just they just have our number. We can't beat them. It doesn't matter what's going on. We can score five runs in the first inning, and they would have found a way to blow the game. And they, they, I want to go to one play in this game, and I know I know the game was out of reach then. The granite play, I mean, that's just not having your head in the game. Mm -hmm. How do you not touch first base? 
You know, Corey, I, I Corey, know, Corey Kosky was on Twitter, and Corey Kosky said Zach Granite gave up on that play. That he that he gave up on that play, and I can't disagree with Corey Kosky. And that's why he got yanked. Yeah, <laughs> too little, too late, but still. Right. So, what do you guys think? I mean, I know there's no, nothing, you know, tremendously exciting on the pitching market, you know, in the off season, but but wouldn't you guys agree, Santana's? I would say is a number three starter, and mm-hmm. had he pitched like had he pitched even like a number two, we probably would have won tonight. Um, what do you guys think are the options? I mean, like. What, what, what do you guys think on the market realistically for the Twins who don't like opening up their pockets, but realistically, if we want to go anywhere, we're going to have to spend the money. And even if they, and Evan, even if they did open up their pockets, there are no ace caliber starting pitchers on the free agent market. Could they do this? Could they go with, could they beef up the bullpen by spending in the offseason and then acquire an ace at the trade deadline with their assets? Could they go yeah, get? Could sure. they go get Garrett Cole or somebody, Doogie, from the Pirates at the That's trade the deadline name. next year? Yeah, I mean, you can come up with a few others, but Garrett Cole would be the name I'd keep an eye on. I think if you take the model, I think if you take the model, and, and, and I'm sorry, sorry to interject, if you take the model that the Yankees have employed, have deployed this year with, you know, putting Roberts in a longer role, sort of like what Andrew Miller was last year for the for the Indians, kind of you know beefing up your bullpen, having you know mediocre but. You know, maybe good starting pitching, but not top of the line starting pitching, but a solid bullpen. Sometimes that can work as well, and, and maybe that's a route that maybe the Twins can can really look at in the off season is beefing up their bullpen with getting top of the line, hard throwing guys, not soft throwers like Belial, who can't you know really blow people away because you know nowadays you got to be able to throw hard because the hitters are good, you know. Yeah, that's a lot of good points there from from Kevin in New York. Not they, Evan, but Kevin. They thought Nick Birdie was going to be that guy, and it looks like he's not going to be what they had hoped he might be. But so well, they tried to give him away for he was part of one of the trades, right? I mean, he was well, he, he was in, on his way to Atlanta for Jaime Garcia he before had his, that fell apart. He had his injury and has not been the same. Correct. And but then, so the question you have to ask is, what are your ceilings next year for Brios and Gonzalez? That's how you have to look at what you have now. What are their ceilings? Because those are the two guys you're going to expect to make the biggest mm-hmm. leaps. Barrios to a true one, and Gonsalves to wherever he slots. I'm trying to decide if Fernando Romero or Steven Gonsalves long-term has the highest ceiling. Or Romero's. And yeah, Romero, I think about him. I think it's Romero, just not in 2018. But yeah. yeah, it's absolutely Romero of the two. But I still think Gonsalves has a chance. But if you're talking ceiling, potential one slash two, that's absolutely Fernando Romero. It's not Steven Gonsalves. By the way, on Barrios, you know, we're talking about Santana. Barrios... Now, he struck out some guys. You know, his off-speed stuff was on tonight, but he struggled, too. He did actually get the loss. He gave up some runs. You know, so technically, the Twins' two best starting pitchers struggled tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it is. Uh, Thanks. Let's take a... Against a great liner. Good, Don't good get me wrong. Run, good wet and I thought Barrios, some of his pitchers were great. We are going to catch up with Derek. He didn't Der- curl up in the fetal position. The moment wasn't too big for him, Correct. and that's a good sign for down the road. We're going to catch up with Derek Wetmore from the Touch em All podcast and 1500ESPN.com, who is just in the clubhouse in New York in just a second here. But first, let's take a call from Seamus in St. Paul. You're on Twins Wrap, powered by the Canopy Group. Hi. Uh, I think uh, Phil just nailed it uh, on the head there. Uh, go and back the dump truck up for uh, Wade Davis of uh, the Cubs. He's a free agent. He's super good. It's going to cost a ton. It's going to be one of those contracts that uh, makes the older people in baseball scratch their head <laughs> and say that much for a reliever. But I think it's worth it, especially after you saw what the Yankees did today. Go get Brandon Kinsler back to be your you know sixth inning guy, your seventh inning guy. 
go get a few other solid relievers, and then go trade Gordon, uh, the shortstop, or one of your young prospects, uh, for Garrett Cole or an ace or something like that. I think that's the strategy the Twins should employ, uh, and I think this offseason, I, I know it was kind of a disappointing end uh, to the season, but I think this offseason has me uh, excited again to follow uh, all those baseball rumor Twitter accounts and all those uh, yeah. baseball reporters like Ken Rosenthal. So, uh, yeah, that, I think I think Phil hit it right on the head. Uh, go get some, uh, a really good reliever and then a couple, uh, you know, just good relievers that you can trust. Uh, that's not, you know, Tyler Duffy or uh, <laughs> like some of the people that were throwing out. And then uh, go, uh, you know, get that, that ace through uh, using those prospects we've built up. Yeah, Seamus, thank you for the phone call. I He's like Eric Cole. He is a Scott Boros guy. Is he under control through 2019? Is it Royce Lewis also a Scott Boros guy? He is. Yeah. yeah. So you've I mean, the Twins, they, Thad Levine's got a good relationship with Boros. I'm yeah. just saying, more often than not, Boros gets his guys to free agency. So you are rolling the dice, you know. But, hey, expectations next year, right? So For, go get absolutely. that ace. If Cole's only under contract through 2019, go make a nice run 2018, 2019. And hopefully you're in a financial position to resign him if you need to. Is that a problem for management now? This Bor- pro- Boris? No. The whole process where they were going to have a couple years here to build something, it's here. They have expectations. You nailed it. Next year. This year, if you're competitive, great. Maybe yeah. next year you flirt with the playoffs. Maybe in 2019, realistically, I think we all said that's probably the year they get to this point. It's not anymore. You're does right. This it's mess time to up, go now. Does this mess up their plans a, a little question. bit where... Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden we expected to have guy A, guy B, and guy C have two more years to pop, and they've got to pop now. Yeah, this we, this lineup is ready. This this yeah. lineup you could you could add. Offense a piece to is it. fine. You got to put some pitching in place in the next few months here. Uh, let's go to New York right now and go to Yankee Stadium, where Derek Wetmore, my co-host on the Touch 'Em All podcast, has been uh, covering the festivities today. Almost a four-hour game, and Derek, I'm going to guess you just came up from the clubhouse, so the floor is yours to sort of uh, paint a picture of of the fallout from this uh, exciting but ultimately depressing game for the Minnesota Twins? Well, exciting, disappointing. I don't know if depressing is a word that I'd use because the refrain from the clubhouse was next year. Uh, A lot of the guys, most of the younger guys especially, you know, when we get back here next year, I heard you guys talking about expectations being raised. They're not running from that. Um, there is a little lingering awkwardness in that, of course, there's some veterans. You never know. The team's not going to look quite the same next year. And the manager's still up in the air. We're still not sure what's going to happen with that. So there's some sort of like weirdness to the end of this season. But I think that once the dust sort of settles and over the next couple of weeks, pretty sure that everyone in that clubhouse is going to look back favorably on the way that this season unfolded. I mean, they, they shot past our expectations for sure. And, uh, you know, it's not the way that you would have liked to end it. I, I almost think that it stings more after taking the lead in that top of the first there and then blowing it the rest of the way. But the end result is kind of what we expected coming in here, that the Twins were probably going to be overmatched in this game. That's that's the way it played out. Uh, so we'll see what, what the next couple of weeks hold. But this should set up a pretty interesting offseason for Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Hey, Derek, it's Doogie. We look forward to reading your analysis soon on 1500ESPN.com. And you talking with Irvin Santana. How much did Irvin cite having to sit around that long top of the first? Was he asked about that, or did he volunteer that information on his own? I just saw a tweet that Santana said him having to sit there and wait for that long top of the first 
impacted his performance in the bottom of the first? Interesting. Uh, news to me because I was in Paul Molitor's press conference when Irvin was talking, so it's actually the first I'm hearing of it. But the thing for me with Irvin was it wasn't sharp. You know, like we've seen him in the past where he gets fastball command, and if he's hitting the inner half or inner third, outer third of the plate with his fastball, that's usually a pretty good indication that he's got his command because uh, the fastball kind of opens up everything else. That was fine tonight, and we saw some 95s, 96s on the gun. But I didn't see the slider for strikes when he needed it. I didn't see the swing and miss slider. Mostly it was down down in the zone and guys taking it because it didn't look enticing. Um, so I guess I don't know about the, uh, the sit and wait, but come on, that's an excuse as old as the game. I don't know that a lot of people rely on that one very often. So, and, and for uh, the record, like take the three runs. Even yeah. if it even if it makes you sit for a Correct. half hour, right? I mean, that's like, my take, point. take the three runs. Yeah, and I just I wonder if he was asked about it, so then it was planted in his head, or if he just threw it out there to some other random question. Yeah, I don't know. He usually doesn't offer up something like that on his own. He's usually pretty vanilla when it comes to that stuff. But to right, so he point, must have been asked about it then. That's yeah, fine. probably. How about take a three run lead and not walk the leadoff guy though? That's yeah. that's uh, not. I don't think that's a product of waiting around. I don't think that's a product of his teammates. I think it just, he wasn't as sharp as we've seen tonight. And the Twins really needed a big performance from Irvin Santana. They didn't get it. Barreros was okay for spurts, but you could have told me if this was going to turn into a bullpen game, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having a conversation about who won because the Yankees clearly favored in that category and they showed why tonight. David Robertson was exceptional. Tommy Canley had a good outing. That's, about the way that the the Yankees were drawing it up. I'm not sure they wanted Severino to be short uh, like that, but knowing that they had that safety blanket of that amazing bullpen, uh, that was a decided advantage here tonight. Derek Wentmore from 15hardyspn.com and the Touch Em All podcast. You can subscribe to that on iTunes or pretty much anywhere you would uh, generally find or download podcasts, and he's at Yankee Stadium right now. By the way, you're listening to AM1500. ESPN Twin Cities, KSTP Minneapolis, St. Paul. And we're going to get to Jarrett, Adam, Jake, Will, and John on uh, Twins Wrap here. But, Derek, just another quick question. We'll let you get back to work and and finish up content for the website. What, in your mind, are is it realistic for the Twins to improve their pitching either internally or through other avenues, trade-free agency, enough to where you look at them and size them up against the Yankees and the Astros and the Indians and say, okay, they have a real shot to to, to go toe-to-toe with those teams in 2018? Uh, short answer, I would say yes. I think, uh, you know, without going down the laundry list, there are going to be some free agents that are available. You've got some money to spend. I'm a big Trevor May guy. Trevor May should be back at some point next year. I think you can count on that at least a little bit. Um, and then you look at the line. I mean, you, you, you need to improve the pitching. I think that we've all sort of agreed on that. Closer, at least one starter, maybe more. Um, but when you look at the lineup, that lineup did go toe-to-toe with the Yankees. I put that lineup up with the Indians, up with the Astros, up with the Cubs. It's one of the best offenses in baseball since the All-Star break. And I just wonder, the only question mark I have there is, is Brian Dozier going to continue to be that guy and is Joe Maurer? going to continue to be that guy but i think you add Sano back into the mix and you've got buxton rosario polanco that you feel pretty good about not to mention max kepler i do think that the core of the lineup is strong and that should remain intact for the next five or six years it's just 
Now can you go put the pitching around it? And my short answer would be, yeah, I think that they can this winter. Derek, great stuff covering this game. It's a quick turnaround for you. I know you have a flight in a few hours here in the morning, but uh, you and I will catch up for a Touch em All podcast probably tomorrow at some point. And uh, we'll look for your coverage on 1500ESPN.com, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks All for right. having me on. Derek Wetmore. I'm with him on the lineup. I think Kepler <laughs> yeah, has fine. another level. Maybe for sure. hits lefties a little bit better. For sure. Yeah, I mean, can Joe Maurer do this again next year? I guess that is a question mark. But you missed Sano for what? 36 games, 37 yeah, games. Like six or seven weeks, yeah. You know, so can Sano find a way to give you 145 games next year? You know, so that might make up for some of that. How the lineup's get, fine. Get to 120 games once in your career. So I, that's that's my challenge to Miguel Sano. Whether it's, if it's a weight thing or if it's just bad luck, 115 games ain't enough for a young, should be emerging into his prime superstar. Batting is not the problem. Defense isn't the problem. And that wasn't the case as recently as last year. Mm-hmm. It's pitching. Pitching. I'm not a, quote, baseball guy. I can tell. It's pitching. If you leave the offensive side completely alone, you're fine. You want to better your team, but that team can survive and be fine. You've got to fix pitching. Jarrett Jer- in Arlington. You're on Twins Rap. What's up, y'all? Big fan of... Big fan of everything y'all come out with. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for holding, man. And a good morning to you. <laughs> Happy hump day. Yeah. Um, Doogie would slip that one in there. <laughs> we, we overachieved this season, and it sucks. I hate the Yankees, but um, I'm actually I actually thought Molitor managed the game pretty well today. I I don't think that he is at fault for this loss. I think we just got outplayed. If you look at the Vegas line, the Twins were plus two twenty. Like that's absurd for playoff game, but rightfully so. If you look at the teams that expects relief pitchers in this game on the Yankees. Uh, with that being said, you've all been saying that you're all right. Pitching is what the Twins need to address. Um, I had a couple questions. Do you all think Mahler's coming back? I think he is. want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, Otani, possibly. He's kind of someone who's relatively cheap that we definitely wouldn't be a favorite for, but he'd be a huge piece. And then the last guy is Mick Gordon. Jorge Polanco really held his own. In the second half, uh, Dozier wants to stay. I think we lock him up at second. So really, where's the place for Nick Gordon? Let Jorge Polanco and Escobar hold it over. And for Royce Lewis is ready in a couple of years. Nick Gordon's one of those prospects. So I think that actually bring back uh, some pitching. What do y'all think about all that? Yeah, uh, Jared, thanks for the call here. Uh, no, I think he, uh, the phone call was breaking up a little bit there. But uh, Otani, we've already kind of talked about. As yeah, a, I mean, they'll be sure. one of 20 to 25 teams. Yeah. The Twins will be willing to pay the max posting fee, whatever the posting fee is. What is it? Ten million, twelve million, fifteen million? There will be twenty teams that will pay that. The uh, Twins will be one of those teams. And real quick, Otani and his agent then will choose who to negotiate with. Do I think it'll be the Twins? No, I don't. But they'll try. It's the line's too long. Correct. The line is way too long. Mm-hmm. Molitor back. I think he's back. I think he's back. Think he's but back. I'm just telling you, there's been no dialogue. His agent John Boggs has tried to initiate dialogue, going back. I don't know, uh, at least a few weeks. I'm just saying, he's tried. The Twins have said, hey, we're waiting until after the year. So I think he's back, but there's been zero dialogue. And to the call, yes, the Twins were plus 220 after the first pitch. I should have looked at the live odds. What were they after the top of the first inning? Yeah. It was not plus 220. So you can't give them a pass there. They they did what they had to do to offset the, the Yankee Stadium mystique and being underdogs in the first three outs. 
And it came apart from there. And Molitor was fine tonight. It's not like he lost them. It wasn't catastrophic. I don't let Santana face Gardner there in the second, but that wasn't a catastrophic mistake. And you hit for Castro. And Castro, you hit for Castro in the sixth, but again, that wasn't a catastrophic mistake. Adam in White Bear Lake, you're on Twins Rap, powered by the Canopy Group and CanopyGroup.com. Hey, guys, just uh, uh, two things. Uh, If Trevor Lee doesn't get hurt this year, do you see him as, and we have him as a five-starter, is that better than Cologne? And Doogie, you kind of stole my thunder earlier. I was wondering if that long layoff in the first inning actually did hurt Santana because he was warm, and then he had to sit and wait. So I just don't know how much that affects anything. And I know it's a, a dumb question, but I'm just kind of curious to your thoughts about hey, that. Kevin's no, it's not Kevin, a dumb question. Kevin's I just don't slow, want to answer Kevin it. slowly blamed the anthem once for, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for wrecking his pets. That's a good reminder. No, I mean, I just I know that Santana brought it up in the clubhouse just a short time ago. Yeah. I just don't know if he was asked the question, if the layoff impacted him, or if he volunteered the information on his own. I'm curious. But yes, that came up in the clubhouse just a short time ago. Irvin said, hey, that long top of the first threw him for a loop. I mean, thank you for the phone call, Adam. I, I'd love to know, and, and we found the, the clip, and we might play the clip, but, but like three runs of... You, you were spotted three runs. I don't care if it takes an hour and a half. Like right. you were spotted three runs at Yankee Stadium in a do or die game. Like, and you're a veteran. If it's Barrios, it. maybe okay. I'm a rookie and yeah, I'm not used to it. Out. Santana's pitched in hundreds of games. Correct. Should be ready no matter what. Figure it out. Uh, we have a couple open phone lines, and we have, we have gone over an hour here without a commercial break. We're gonna have to mix one in sometime soon. But thanks to the Canopy Group and CanopyGroup.com, dedicated to providing you the best insurance coverage while saving you money on your home and auto insurance. Uh, we have gone commercial free for over an hour, and John is in Colorado Springs. Hey, John. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing pretty well. Thanks for calling in. Hey, very good. Hey, you guys are forgetting one key piece for next year. No one's mentioned it. It's gonna be the key to. The World Series. I think it's the Phil Hughes resurgence. Mm. <laughs> the Phil no. Hughes resurgence. I thought you were going to say JT Chagwah. Well, that could be. I mean, doesn't he have a spot in the bullpen, maybe? Hopefully. Uh, he had an elbow impingement back in April Ooh. and uh, hasn't really pitched this season. But Is that a Teddy Bridgewater type of deal? or No, he can that? come back that's, from that, but severe. I just don't think you can count on Phil Hughes yeah. for anything. I just don't. Right. No, I know. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. I ruled him out. My question for you guys is: Looking at our DH, I don't know that Robbie Grossman is a typical DH. Kenny Vargas, Escobar, uh, the Park kid from Korea. I don't know if any of those guys are the answer at DH when their you know OPS is barely 750 and they're not hitting a ton of home runs or runs. What what's on the horizon for potential DH candidates? Like, yeah, you know, obviously not Jim Tomey, but somebody like that who could actually make a bigger impact on the team. Yeah, I mean, there's a Sano's not hurt. Grossman's not the DH. Tomey One way or another. Yeah, you know, Grossman as a as a bat off the bench and a guy who, if you need, can play some outfield. Grossman gets on base a lot, and and you know, he's he's a decent hitter. But yeah. but but to John, to your point, if you're gonna go. Toe to toe with the Indians and the Yankees, like Robbie Grossman's not an everyday player. For no, he's you. a fourth outfielder. Correct. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's on the roster. Ideally, Sano is your DH tonight. He just he, I'm telling you, he was feeling pain. Texting with somebody very close to him this morning, he was in a lot of pain. He just was not in a position to be on the roster tonight. Uh, thank you, John. Let's take. One How about here. Mike Napoli? Remember they offered Mike Napoli. What is it like ten or eleven? I think Texas declines. I think there's a decent chance Napoli's on the open market. What did he do this year? 
Not a great year. Yeah, but it was a down still year. For I feel like he's like there. 42 years old. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's up there. He's I think he's like 36 maybe. I was, somewhere I was there. kidding, but yeah. He did not have a great year, but mm. is there something there? Would you make another run at Mike Napoli? Yeah. They I, made him I, an I, offer last winter. There are guys. You can find those 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 aging sort of uh, Matt Holiday types. The Carlos Beltran was out there last last couple of years. He's well, been available and Jim Tomey contenders at the time the Twins signed him. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go to Jake in St. Paul. You're on with Phil Mackey, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Chris Long. Oh, a hell of a triumvirate, boys. Uh, it really good to is. Have, good, good to have the band back together. The, the Phil Hughes uh, resurgence. Long, didn't you and Mackey check them out at Red Rocks a few years ago? Hell of a jam band. <laughs> they are. They opened for Trampled by Turtles. They were great. <laughs> uh, boys, uh, look, just I'll keep it short. A lot of people have touched on stuff. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, Monday morning or, or Wednesday morning quarterback, as it were. This game. I'll say this about the, the game. It. All year long, you guys hit on the theme of house money. It really was a house money season. It was, you know, I think even for Salvi and Levine, it was, well, let's see what we got. You know, let's see what uh, what the Twins have to work with and what we've inherited. And it's almost like uh, Urban Santana forgot that tonight. I mean, he had house money in the bottom of the first and just kind of said, yeah, I'm going to piss down my leg. And that's fine. You know, it is what it is. It's for not- him, it may not have been house money because he's 34. Like yeah. For him, it may have been, this is, it. I've, 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 this is my third career playoff start. I've been terrible the first two times. I haven't been here in eight years, and, this, and I might not be back here a lot. And so it's possible that in his mind, it wasn't house money. Very true. And fair enough. And, and, and I think a lot of people have pointed out his, his playoff record is not exactly uh, sterling. But uh, to, the, to the broader point, it's just fun to have the twins back as a talker, and and you know, I, I want nothing more as a as a twins follower and, and certainly someone who, who pulls for them than to see them peaking at about the same time as the Yankees again. I mean, this you don't want it any other way. I mean, I think you know a lot of us said that they might go in there, they might win. Something feels different. I don't think they were. You know, they were just overmatched. Then. I mean, baseball is a coin flip kind of a thing, especially in this setting. And long, I know you you and I disagree, and you and Phil disagree on that, but. I thought it was fun, and, and the Twins were the sixth seed, and they played like the sixth seed, and they lost, but a lot of good baseball ahead. Good to hear you guys on the air, and uh, good luck, because I think they're going to keep calling until about 2 a.m., so Jake, get that, uh, that Perkins breakfast. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Real quick, quick question, Jake. <laughs> you still, still there? I'm here. Do you party? <laughs> I try. I think Jake and St. Paul. <laughs> Who parties better? Him or Chris Jimenez? I have a story. How about that. Chris Jimenez? Chris Jimenez in the first inning, they show a shot of him in the dugout. You can see his he's, nipples. He's, 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 he's got his jersey. He had no undershirt in the first inning. <laughs> Do you party? I have a mo- we were in the Bahamas and we get into a cab and the cabbie goes, Do you boys party? And we're like, Yeah. And he goes, no, no, no. No, I mean, do you, do you party? party? And I'm like, no, I don't think we do, actually. Can you just take us back to our hotel, please? Oh, no, amazing. we don't. By uh, the way, on Santana, all right, I get it. I guess just on the surface, he peed down his leg, right? I'm just looking back at my notes. I posted okay? his scatter chart on Twitter. It's a mess. It's, it was 3-2 to Gardner. He throws that pitch in the dirt, but he's just right there, sure. right? Almost gets Gardner out. He's got Aaron Judge at 3-2. Judge sticks out his bat. The muscles, the little loop single, Gardner gets the third. Gets Sanchez to pop up, so he's got the one out. Then I'll continue to point to Gregorius at 2-2. Castro doesn't frame the pitch all that great. The umpire Marquez doesn't do him the favor. TV said it was a strike. It should have been strike three, but it's a 3-2 count. They give him the ball. 
Then Gregorius hits the three-run home run. Sure. I'm just saying. But you know, I'll never it bail. It could have flipped so quickly. I'll never bail a pitcher out who can't miss a bat. And ordinarily, he can get those two strike, those three and two pitches and get out of jams. He can get that slider. That's fair. But right. if but if you like it's when Kyle Gibson is all exasperated because he gave up five runs on infield singles. Well, miss a bat. Mm-hmm. Go they, miss a bat. That's what the Yankees do. It's what the Indians and do. And that's what they need to find, right? Is that yep. the number one priority? Yes. I feel like it's Absolutely. been the number one priority for but, about six years. But, but where, who is that? Find guy? pitchers who miss bats. Yeah. Who is that guy? So I think I saw a first postseason game or excuse me, one of only six postseason games ever that the starting pitchers didn't record a strikeout. Yeah. Neither of them. Mm. Yeah, and, and I Irvin, like, I just like throwing out random stats. Irvin I Santana, I think, only like five times in his career has gone. I think I saw that too. Strikeout free. Yeah. Uh, we let's take literally a, 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 a one minute and twenty second pause here just to uh, collect. We're gonna go Jake, Spencer, Troy, and Will, and we have one open phone line. If you want to chime in, six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Two minute pause. Two minute pause. It's Twins Wrap. It's back, and the Canopy Group is keeping this on the air. Mackie, Wolfson, Long. Twins Wrap, your chance to react on how the Twins played. With Phil Mackie and Darren Doogie Wolfson on 1500 ESPN. Presented by the Canopy Group. Fly ball to left field. Gardner's back, and it's gone! Dozier leads off the game with a home run for the Twins. Right off the bat. All right, it's past midnight, so let's get weird. Pants optional now on Twins Wrap. Now the Facebook feed's off. Now you want to go pants off. <laughs> no, it's pants optional. Uh, segment two and final segment, and we'll take phone calls. It's already late. You're already up and probably already uh, going to be tired for work. You might as well call in and talk to us about the Twins and the Yankees and big picture stuff. The phone numbers are, we have one open phone line right now, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Twins Wrap is powered by the Canopy Group and canopygroup.com. And no excuses. You're going to be on your radio show in the morning. True. He's going to be on Channel 5 at 6 a.m. I'm going to be covering, hope. I'm going to be covering Game 5 for the Lynx until... Who knows how late tomorrow night? So yeah. no excuses out there in Radio Land. Stick fact, it out. I thought you know I, I'm thinking I got to be back here in about six and a half hours. Doogie has to be on TV in like four and a half hours tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, so you guys are hanging out. Jake, Spencer, Troy, and Will have been on hold. Let's knock a few of these out. Uh, Will's been on hold for 20 minutes. Hey, Will, fire away, man. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know this 2017 team reminds me a lot of the 2015 team. You know, this year we won 85 games. 2015, we won 83 games. And as we all know, you know, following 2015, 2016, was kind of a train wreck. And I'm just kind of worried that next year is going to be like that again. Um, if you look at our run differential this year, only plus 27, which is not very good for a playoff team. It's by far the worst out of any of the teams in the playoffs this year. Um, I mean, we were dead at the all-star break, you know, at the trade deadline. Yeah, we played really good in August and September, but I, I just, I guess I don't see a whole lot to be really excited for next year, you know. I'm afraid this might have been a fluke. Another thing I'm afraid of is, you know, going into this game, I was excited because this Twins team is young. It's totally different players than we had in 09 and 010 against the Yankees. You know, maybe there wasn't going to be that intimidation factor, but after tonight, getting the lead and then, you know, end up getting blown out, do you think that? Yankee intimidation might, you know, be starting to set in with this new group of players. 
that was lot, the, that a lot was of the, stuff there from Will. That was the most Minnesotan sports fan call we've had. <laughs> Will, I would say on the I, I love that I love that fans. I love that Will called in. I love when people are bringing up run differential and things that go a little deeper than just like hot baseball takes. Um, I think at least the run differential this year, because it wound up being a plus twenty five, shows you that they're an above five hundred team, and it's not a fluke that they're above five hundred. The lineup, unless you think Buxton is a fluke or Polanco or Rosario, I don't think the lineup is a fluke. This feels like a lineup coming into its own, into its prime. The pitching is is what we've been harping on for over an hour here. If they can't fix the pitching, then a lot of the other stuff might not matter, Will. They were the hottest offensive team in baseball, not residing in Cleveland the second half of the season. I mean, Cleveland was one, they were two, and I don't know who's yeah. three. But that's that's a trend. That's You want a team to trend upward. You know, you have these guys that are starting to get into that a number of career at bats range where you can start to gauge this is what that guy is, and that's a good sign. That said, being a Minnesota sports fan, I certainly don't blame you for looking up and waiting for the other shoe to yeah. come down. Thanks, Here's Will. where the caller is somewhat right, though. The flukiness of this year with ten teams in the American League being under five hundred. Like, when is that going to happen again? That all these teams curl up, right? Sure. From the Angels to the Mariners to the Rays to the Blue Jays to the Orioles to the Rangers. And yet they didn't, though. I mean, All of them. But they didn't. Sure they did. What do you mean? No, the Twins didn't. The Twins didn't. Oh, The Twins yeah. didn't. Sorry. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But again, they're, they're, so they're a year early, and they took advantage of some American League circumstances mm-hmm. and the fifth, wild, the fifth playoff spot. But if you take this lineup and you take this defense... Those aren't flukes. Yeah, no. Two years ago, we I'm knew with you that, on that wasn't. Yes, those are not flukes. Two years ago, defense they were winning despite their defense. They've shored that up now. So, I, although if Byron Buxton keeps pointlessly running into yeah, walls, he's, he's got to figure that then out. Then the defense isn't quite as good. Jake in Lakeville, you're on Twins Rap. Jake in Lakeville. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> what are you wearing? Let's let's put Jake from State Farm back on hold. I'm trying to find and, a defense in our fantasy league right now. Don't worry about it. The deadline already passed. So you can do ad drops. You don't have to put in. It's already midnight. Yeah, you know, exactly. You i got to find one. Pick yeah. a defense on a bye just so you don't well, go Well, I've got the Falcons, yeah. Uh, I need somebody. Spencer in Las Vegas. <laughs> Good to you know on... we still have his undivided attention. No, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm multitasking. Twins rap's getting getting wacky here after midnight. Spencer in Las Vegas, what's going on? Hey, guys. Well, it's uh, after 10 only here, so you know it's pretty good. Not, not quite midnight there yet. Not even so, dinner uh... time yet in Vegas. <laughs> but, yeah, um, just appreciate the call, by the way. Um Quick couple things. I'm um, just wondering, like, what what do we do at catcher? I mean, it seems like ever since they moved Mauda first that they've been getting these guys on, like, one- or two-year deals at catcher and just, I mean, do they give Garver a chance next year? I mean, it's, is that the guy? I mean, like, what do we do with Castro? I mean, Escobar as well. I mean, Sano comes back, does he come, become a full-time DH, and they move Escobar to third. And then uh, one more thing as well. I mean, sorry going off a bit, but... Um, with the kind of week with, you've had in Vegas, you go ahead and take all the time you need. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's been rough. Um, but what I was about to say, I mean, it may sound crazy, but I mean, with Jeter and company taking over the Marlins, if they want to swing for the fences, what would it take to get Stanton? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm wow. just saying, I mean... Well, about $300 million dollars over the next 15 <laughs> years, for one. It would take everyone in Minnesota to commit to buying season tickets for the next 20 years. Yeah, I would say just personal seat licenses for batting practice is what you'd have to start charging. I don't think there's any chance they would even kick the tires on John Carlos Stanton. That'd be your, so to your first question about catchers, I'd love to know more about Mitch Garver and his prospects as an everyday catcher. 
He's versatile. Doogie, what are you hearing about Mitch Garver from the people you talk to behind the scenes? Is he is he an everyday catcher at some point? I think he is at some point, yes. But Jason Castro, I still think, is the guy next year at $8 million a year. He still brings enough value defensively, even though he didn't frame that third strike on Gregorius in the first inning. He had a good year framing pitches overall. I mean... I know we're going deep there, but that was the narrative when they signed him, right? He's this great framer of pitches. He's a good defensive catcher. He was good all year defensively. So I think Castro's the guy with Garver having a chance to eventually be the guy. Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate you calling him. I mean, the question is, Chris Jimenez is a free agent. I mean, is there a way to quantify his leadership, some of the intangibles that he brought? That clubhouse loves him. I know. It really does. So you bring back Chris Jimenez, or is it just a foregone conclusion? Mitch Garver is your backup catcher next year. I mean, Jimenez showed nipple on national TV. (laughs) How do you not re-sign that That's a win. How do you not re-sign that Well, that's why I'm signing Mike Napoli, right? Party at Napoli's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's 12-21 Central Time here, and we're still taking your phone calls after the Twins lost to the Yankees. And we have some open phone lines, and this might mean, if everyone's gone to bed, that we just... We put the show to bed until tomorrow morning. Yeah, Mackie and Judd at nine six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Last call. Panthers for defense phone calls. is available in our league. Are you kidding me? Pick them. I just did. <laughs> in fact, if you want to chime in about Doogie's, Doogie's fantasy defense. team, six five one six four six eight two five five. Troy and Burnsville, you're on Twins Rap. Hi guys. Uh, I just wanted to say that you know the Twins had a great season this year. If you look at uh, compared to last year, you know, we won 26 more games. The uh, young core of uh, Buxton, Sano, Rosario, Kepler, uh, Polanco, Barrios, they made uh, great strides this year. And uh, uh, I'll tell you what, we have nothing to be uh, 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 ashamed of. Uh, I think we have a lot to uh, look forward for uh, next year. And uh, and I think we can uh, expect some more great things to come. So thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, man, thank you for calling in. It was it was a tremendous year I saw, in so many different ways. I, I'm with the caller. I saw somebody tweet, like, tired of being a laughingstock losing to the Yankees. You're way more of a laughingstock when you lose 103 games. This is not a laughingstock situation. Like I said, the Angels, Royals, Mariners, Rays, Orioles would love to have been a quote-unquote laughing stock tonight. They would have loved it. It was nice to be back on the national stage. Yeah, it was. Right? I mean, outside of our little Twin Cities Midwestern bubble, how many people are talking about the Twins nationally? I did they see... They were tonight. That's nice. I saw somebody, uh, was it Dave uh, Simborski? Simbor, I always butcher his last name. One of the uh, national like sabermetric baseball writer posted 20 names on a, on a Twitter gif and said, which one of these are Twins relievers, and which one of these are randomly generated names? (laughs) Like, I mean, and that's kind of what the Twins are right now. They're just randomly generated names, and Miguel Sano, who didn't play. JC in Minneapolis. Yeah, hi, boys. What's going on, JC? What's up, JC? Good morning. (laughs) Yeah, 50-year fan for the Twins. It's kind of tough. 50-year fan, huh? But you'll take this, right? Imagine being a 50-year fan of the Vikings. You'll take this. I've, I've already written off the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, at least, only, at the, least only as a, sport, the only pro sports teams I even go for is, is baseball. Well, at least as a 50 year fan, you did get to experience two mm-hmm. World Series championships. We've had a lot of guys call in yeah, who, uh, have, who've barely seen a playoff series victory in their lives. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I saw 87, 91. Yep. That was cool. Yep. What do you got for us, JC? 
Well, I'm th- I'm just thinking, you know, uh, Dozier, they got to sign this guy. And they got to move in the third base. Mm. Bring mm. up, uh, you know, the Gordon kid. Okay. Put Polanco over at second where he's supposed to be. So now you've edged out Sano and Escobar. Well, you got Escobar. He's a, uh, he's, uh, you know, he could fill in. You can get a lot of at-bats for him. What about Polanco to third base if Sano's not going to play there? Nah. And Gordon at shortstop. Well, you, Polanco doesn't hit 35 home runs or 40 no. home runs or whatever. Yeah, but if they're both in the lineup, I think. I mean, if, if Dozier and Polanco are both in the lineup. Where are you boys putting Miguel Sano and Joe Maurer in these lineups? Well, f- first base, DH. For me, Escobar is not a starter at a position. He's in every, He's a five days a week Monday, guy. A, a, a Swiss Army knife. He's a left field, shortstop, second base, third. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. going to get 500-plus plate appearances. Yeah. Thanks for the call, uh, JC. Our phone line's just filled up again. Let's bust through some of these. Dan in Lakeville, you're on Twins Rap. Trap. Hey, Dan. Okay, he is gone. Uh, Ryan in Kansas City, you're on Twins Rap. Yeah, it's actually uh, Brian, but that's all right. Um, I want to say... Jonathan, that's the third Mets to your fire, dude. I'm sorry. That's that's a Only two. That's a fine. This is the Levitard show. That's a fine. It's all good. It's it's after midnight. Everybody's having uh, a a, a coping time. All right, Rick Um, Rick in St. Louis, go ahead. (laughs) Don't do that to a Kansas Cityan. No, I just want to say, I think our lineup is uh, solid for next year. Um, as far as you were just talking about uh, Escobar, I think, you know, he plays third base four times out of the week, uh, has Snow play a couple times over there, has Snow be a DH. Um, the starting pitching, I think we've got enough guys that are you don't know about coming up yet. I think you want to have looks at them next year. I think you want to, in the offseason, you want to throw all the money, all the attention into the bullpen. Um, just just try to shore up that bullpen. Look at, I mean, I saw the Royals do their thing down here, and it was annoying to see all my friends have a lot of fun and win World Series and stuff that, like that. But uh, the Royals won World Series. We just saw the the Yankees dominate with uh, with an amazing bullpen on us tonight. I think that's that's the way baseball is going. Uh, you want that dominant bullpen, and that's where the Twins need to focus on the offseason right now. Yeah, I would say if if you gave me, if I'm Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, and you gave me, all right, you can either spend $12 million a year on Wade Davis or a starting pitcher that you would find, whoever would, would be worth $12 million, like Jaime Garcia. I that's would, probably a three or four. Yep, starter. Exactly. Yeah. I would a hundred times out of a hundred go for the elite relief pitcher. Yeah. With it will money. take more than that, though. Davis just turned thirty-two. He will look for a Chapman-like deal. What did Chapman what did get 15, from the Yankees? Fifteen or something? What did he get? Fifteen a year? I thought it was five years, ninety. Oof, wasn't it? I, that, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I it logged off me. my computer. You could Google it. <laughs> Efforting. I'm just saying, if <laughs> you're Wade okay. Davis's agent, aren't you looking at what Chapman got from the Yankees and saying, okay, yeah, absolutely, who's willing to pay that? Now, here's a full list. Well, not a full list. But I wrote down a bunch of relievers that I like on the Frazier market is a good winter to shop for a reliever. You got Wade Davis, you got Greg Holland, mm-hmm. you've got Brandon Kinsler. He doesn't miss bats, but I take him as a sixth, seventh inning type guy back here. By the way, he loves Eddie Gordado. Brandon Kinsler, if the money was right, would absolutely come back. How about that? He's gonna Brandon Kinsler is gonna make minimum five million dollars a year on a multi year deal. Chapman's contract. He's earned it. Chapman's contract. Agreed. He induces ground balls. What's Chapman's contract? Chapman's contract is ridiculous. Fifteen mil per for the next five, 
signing bonus of six for 2017 and five for 2018. So he's making 21 mil this year, okay. 20 mil next year, and then 15 for each of the next three. So is it like five years, 90? And his arm, 86, his arm is going to fly off sometime in the next four years. All right, and Davis isn't getting that, but I'm just saying that's the starting point if you're Wade Davis's agent. So, not so, get so, so you're so not for, getting Wade Davis at 12 million. A so year. for Holland or Wade Davis, you're going to pay at least, you're going to pay like 12 to 15 million dollars a year, 15 million dollars for Wade Davis, maybe Which, 10 to 12 a year for Holland. Maybe mm-hmm. if you're only, would they do that? Like, I'm, I'm paying that. Would if they I'm the do, but how long do you have to give them? That's the catch. Yeah. I mean, if it's a five or six year deal, There's can no you? No way. You can't give Wade Davis. Well, you wouldn't give him six. Would you give him five? No, that's so he much. Just turned no. thirty-two. But I don't know. But, I would. You, but yeah. like, but if you want him, if you want to take a step forward, you need guys like I that. Get it. Well, here's some book. other names: Shaw from Cleveland, hmm. Addison Reed, yeah, yeah, Anthony Swarzak had a good year. He's a free agent. How about him? His strikeouts have gone through the roof the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Luke Gregerson, Pat Neshek, heck, even Matt Belisle back as a sixth, seventh inning guy. You'd have some interest. I'm just saying it is a good winter to go shopping for a reliever. Colin and New Ulm, you're on with Phil Mackey, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Chris Long, Twins Rap. We're gonna take we're gonna take uh, all the calls on hold here, Jonathan. We'll just take the rest of these on hold, and then we got to get some sleep. We've been on the air for almost two hours. So, so. If you're on hold, stay there. Yep. So we got Colin, Stephen, Bill, and Ben, and then that'll be it, Jonathan. We'll just take these four phone calls. What's up, Colin? Hi guys. First off, I just want to say love the Mackey and Judge show, love the Scoop Doogie, and love your work. On Channel 5. Thank you, sir. Much appreciation. Thank you. We all appreciate it, man. A couple of quick points. The Yankees are the ESPN as to what the Packers are for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, (laughs) Cash cows? That's a good point. Uh, He's right. They go over the top for him. You're right. I'm with you on that. There's a lot to gush about with these Yankees, though, in all fairness. Like Aaron Judge, every reliever throws 200 miles an hour. Sure. Another thing is uh, they barely brought up on the telecast tonight about the Twins being the first team in MLB history to go from one of the losses to the playoffs. And then I believe it was Mendoza or Boone who was like, well, it's much easier to get in the playoffs with the new wildcard system. Well, the new wildcard system isn't exactly new. Second point, what do you guys feel about Trevor Hildenberger being the closer in 2018? Thanks for all the coverage. I'll hang up and listen. Sounds good, Colin. Thank you. Hildenberg is interesting. Good. I don't know if he's got slam the door ninth inning stuff. Well, here, here let's reframe the question. If you put Trevor Hildenberger in the Yankees bullpen and then rank the Yankees relievers in order of how like how how would he rank in the Yankees reliever pecking order? He's he's probably sixth. At I was, was going to say fifth, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, he's he's they used four guys tonight that you're for sure taking over, and they didn't even use Batonsis. I'd take Batonsis over Hildenberger, even though he walks everybody. If you don't find you might take it, Warren over him. If Seriously, you don't, they might have six guys you take over Hildenberger. If you don't find anybody this offseason, do you maybe kick the tires with him next year? Sure, maybe, but that certainly can't be plan A. I mean, the question is, now that there's a book on Hildenberger, and I'm telling you, he absolutely has a spot in the 2018 Twins bullpen, but now that there's a book on him, how do hitters adjust? I just don't know if I hand him the keys to the ninth inning. I would not do that. I am signing one of those guys. As much money as it would take, Wade Davis would be my guy. Greg Holland, maybe. Certainly Wade Davis, though. That would be my first phone call. And the other part of the call, Brett Boone's right. He's right. It's easier to get into the playoffs now. And and the new wild card's only been around, what, two years, right? This is the fifth, the the sixth year. Of the two wild card teams? 2012 was the first year. The two wild card teams? Yeah, this is the fifth or sixth year. I'm getting so old so fast. I think this was either the 11th game or the uh, ninth game. I can't But it's much easier. I mean, it got easier when you went to wild card, and it's easier now. So it's when you're talking about a baseball history since 
whenever Major League Baseball officially organized. It's it's sure. that's a fair statement. I mean, we made a lot of the hundred losses to the playoffs. I mean, there's teams back in the day when you took one team from the National League, one team from the American League. Yeah. There are second place one hundred <laughs> lost teams. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, ben in Roseville, you're on Twins Rap. Hey guys, I uh, just wanted to preface this first that I understand that in the American sports industry, the the need to win is not uh, you know you're not required to win to stay afloat or even generate a profit in this industry. So, so I get that. Uh, but you know, looking at the Twins, and you can say this about the other Minnesota, Minnesota sports too. Um, here in the Twins example, you've got 26 years with without a championship. Um, you've uh, you know we've advanced past the first round. I think it's once in the last 26 years. So uh, it, it's it's just disappointing when you look big picture. I understand that. It's a great turnaround. Uh, we kind of saw it with the, the goal for basketball team this year, too. Um, you know, you have a great turnaround, and it's nice, but really you're just coming off a, a terrible year. So the great turnaround is good in, the, in a small picture, but uh, I think bigger picture, keep you know putting pressure on, on the team to uh, get better, and every year we should have high expectations. So um, I think going forward with the new stadium, uh, we should always uh, be in a mode to compete, but... You know, again, I understand that the industry is not, uh, like you mentioned, the EPL. It's not uh, necessary to win each year, but um, you know, keep having high expectations. Yep, a lot of good points. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, I mean, all valid. I mean, I guess the hope is this is the start. The Royals won this game in 2014, right? Then go yeah. all the way to the World Series, yeah. losing the World Series, then come back the next year, win the World Series. And then fall completely. But this is the start of something really good, right? And, and then they fell completely apart. Sure, but you would take the World yeah, Series absolutely. victory. I, you have to hope this is the start. Again, I go back to saying I think we knew that 2015 was a flash and was sustainable. Didn't think they'd go back to 103 losses. But I, you you have to. There's more in the cupboards. There's more in the system, and there's more upward trending now than there definitely was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Bill in Roseville, you're on Twins Rap. <clears throat> yeah, hey guys. Regarding on um, Malter's job for next year, I, I think he did a good job. But uh, regarding like the bullpen that he had, because the bullpen was not that great this year. I agree. Yeah, I mean, best of luck. I mean. To me, I guess on the field, the two most important things a manager does is lineup construction and bullpen management. I mean, heck, right? I mean, you think about that Astro series here at Target Field. What else could Molitor have done? You just you don't have the bullets, right? Yeah. So sure, you know, I I've made my point on Molitor. He overachieved in two of his three years. You bring him back, but I'm just saying there hasn't been any dialogue yet. So it'll be an interesting few days. Would you trade places right now, roster wise, with anybody behind the Twins? Either league. Does anybody have more young promise, more upward trend right now while we're sitting here than the Twins? American League, no. I mean, that's. I mean, the White Sox would be intriguing, but, but not for another three years. That's really raw right now. But the, and there's no guarantees there. So that's. There's a lot of guarantees with the Twins right now, and the White Sox I mean. are looking for those guarantees. This is the best way I can illustrate it. Would you swap rosters with anybody that finished behind you right now? You know, I can't I might, think of a team you I would. might swap a lot of things with the St. Louis Cardinals just because they've been so good for so long. But I can't say that with, with certainty. That's so, a good question, and I would say probably That's not. actually a really good question. That just tells you the difference. Now, two years ago, we would have Texas, said... Texas, maybe? Two years ago, you would have said, yes, the Cubs. I would have traded... Although they didn't finish below the Cubs. But you get my point. You would have traded places with, well, then, Houston. Um, I don't know if we have that now. 
I don't know if there's that it's your obvious. Question, though. I mean, the Angels would be tempting just because Moreno spends so much money, but right now, not, no. Not, not, not situations. Okay, rosters. Just, okay. Rosters and they farm systems. They know on the Angels. Yeah, rosters and farm systems. I mean, I'll take Mike Trout and start a team. Yes. They're going to waste I'll take the Steinbrenner's checkbook. How about a Los Angeles team with, I mean, not the Dodgers payroll and resources, but it's a Los Angeles team with a lot of resources, and they're going to waste Mike Trout's prime. Yeah. They're going to have to blow this thing up, and they're going to waste Mike Trout's prime. I think you're right, though, Chris. I mean, no on Toronto, no on Baltimore, no on Tampa. Yeah. That's the White Sox is three years away. No on Detroit, no Case, on Kansas City. Casey's on the way. Yeah, I mean. No on the Angels. The Rangers, I guess, maybe is a question mark. No on Seattle, right? Yeah. Optimism, and my friends. No I'm on shep- Oakland. I'm shepherding the pessimistic sheep here. Oakland's got some arms, though. Oakland I think would it's, be a little it's, tempting. It's big picture but optimism. No and okay. and and small picture, Pessim- same old sure. crappy pitching. And, and that's, that's okay. been the theme for two hours on the show. Sure. Let's take a call from Steven here. You have the final say among callers on Twins Rap, powered by the Canopy Group. What's up, Steven? Gentlemen, long-time caller, first-time listener. Say, what do the Twins need to do? What, what did the Twins need to do to finally break this, this conundrum that they have with the Yankees? I mean, they have a great offense, obviously, but obviously the bullpen is a little bit of an issue. The starting pitching is a little bit of an issue. What do they need to find? Is it one guy? Is it a couple guys? What do they need to do to finally break through and beat these Yankees? Yeah, I think they need to first sacrifice a live chicken like Pedro Serrano <laughs> did. Is it, um, a live, is it a live chicken? How many of you guys are will know better than me? How many of the times they played the Yankees dating back to when the streak started have the Twins at home field advantage? Once, 2010. And they, got, it's been they, one, they, yeah. they lost those first two games. And then... Brian Dunsing was their starting pitcher for Game Three in the Bronx with all the chips on the so, table. I'll throw that at you. But one finish ahead of them that can't hurt. Don't forget this: oh three, oh four, a Santana pitched brilliantly at Yankee Stadium. Got beat. Johan got beat by. Vasquez. I was hoping that might be an omen. One game, a Santana on the mound for the Twins didn't work out quite that way. I think he got beat by Javier but Vasquez. They were up one zero in oh three and. Weren't they up 1-0 in 4 Did they end up losing that game in 4 Well, they got a game in, in the Bronx in 4 and then they lost them at home. Don't. Because then they lost three in a row, swept in 6 swept yeah. in 9, swept in 10, lose tonight, and that's how you have the 13 straight playoff losses. Hereafter, don't get in a one-game fight with a team that's this much better than you. That's one way. Or how about when your offense spots you three runs and you get to the opposing team's bullpen and you're the veteran established pitcher? Don't wet yourself. That's my well, that's, what, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. How, how where, where did this come from? This is this is the issue that the Twins have had with the Yankees this entire time. It seems like it's a it's an off factor almost that they just cannot seem to find a way to beat these Yankees. And that's not just the Twins in postseasons at Yankee stadiums. You're right. Over you're right, the history. You're right. I mean. Again, I go back to the joke. It's it's not that they're always the better team. It's you, you get stuck looking at the pinstripes. Yeah. Tonight that I, happens. I, I, I didn't get the sense that the the only player I felt until you again until you got into like the middle of the game and you're bringing guys in like Boosenitz came in and walked a guy in four pitches. But up until the middle of the game, when the game was decided in those first few innings and the Yankees took the momentum back, the only player I thought felt the bright lights and felt the pressure was Irvin Santana. Santana. Yeah. That's the only exactly. guy Exactly. You know, I saw it Castro. too. I watched the whole game. It was it was it was tough. Guys, so Stephen, hey, thank you for the phone call, man. We appreciate it. We haven't hey, even mentioned guys. See, we haven't even mentioned this. All these things, these moments that went wrong and 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 Granite missed the base and Castro and 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 Buxton Kamikaze and Grossman struck out 3 times. 
What happens if Joe Maurer's ball carries 10 more feet? No, it's tight. Well, I game, told right? you, what if Marquez rings up Gregorius there in the first? But, but even yeah. that said, if Maurer's ball carries where the camera angle that Fox or the ESPN used made it look like, <laughs> tie game. Now, you're still facing the Yankee bullpen, but now you've climbed back to the top of the mountain. What if Phil Cuzzy calls that ball fair? 2009. <laughs> Not even the Mauer ball. I mean, just get one hit with a runner in scoring that, position. But that's a tying home run. I get it, but that's they were all for six. So just get one of those hits. Yeah. They yeah. still lose. What if Farb doesn't throw that pick? What? I don't want to. Yeah, do you this. know what I'm talking about. I don't want to do this. <laughs> what if Norm Green sold the team instead of moving him to Dallas? We can do this all night. Yeah. What time is it? I can do this all night. Who about Timberwolves? What if they hadn't cheated to get Joe Smith? Thank God the music's playing us on is that that a hit? Right One of the greatest leads of all time, Steve Ashburner. <laughs> wink, wink, turns into inking. Seriously. One of the greatest newspaper leads of all time. Man. 90 wins next year. Well, 90 wins and then avoid the Yankees in the playoffs, yeah. maybe. Maybe have someone else do your dirty work for you. Yeah. Guys, it's been a blast bringing Twins Rat back. Hopefully next year we can bring it back at least one more time. Maybe for a series. Let's do see what five. We'll do it five. I'll Doody, see you in a few hours. Chris Long and uh, Phil Mackey. Thanks to Jonathan for running the board, taking your thanks, calls. Thanks, Jonathan. Mackey and Judd in a few hours, 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock, with plenty more Twins discussion. And you can find this show on demand on the Touch Em All podcast feed, iTunes, 15HardESPN.com. Fly ball to left field. Gardner's back, and it's gone! Should I stay or should I stay?